Welcome back, everyone. This is the Change Log, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This is episode 179. And on today's show, Jerry went solo talking to Matt Holt and Sebastian Earhart, talking about Caddy, the H2 web server, written and go, made for everyone. And a special thanks goes out to Justin Dorfman for creating the issue and Carlicia Campos and many others for thumbs upping this suggested show. So thanks for your support. And if you want to suggest a show, go to our ping repo on GitHub. That's github.com slash the changelog slash ping. You will find issues there. Submit one and at mention any developer out there on a project. And we'll do our best to dig deep and get them on the show. We have four awesome sponsors making the show possible. Codeship, TopTal, Imagix, and also Linode. Our first sponsor is Codeship, a hosted continuous delivery service focusing on speed, security, and customizability. Easily set up continuous integration for your app today in just a few steps and deploy when all your tests pass. Codeship has great support for lots of languages, test frameworks, and notification services. They even integrate with GitHub and Bitbucket, and you can deploy the cloud services or even your own servers. Get started today with their free plan, and when you upgrade to a premium plan, use the code THECHANGELOLPODCAST and save 20% off any plan you choose for three months. Again, the code is THECHANGELOLPODCAST. Head to codeship.com slash thechangelaw to get started, and now on to the show. All right, everybody, we are back and we are excited today. This show actually came to us by popular demand. Um, two of our members, Justin Dorfman and Carlicia Campos, were advocating for a show on the Caddy web server. Uh, they opened up a issue in ping and didn't stop there. I think they were tweeting about it. Many plus ones came in and we finally relented and said, man, I guess we have to have a show about Caddy. So... We're excited. We're here joined by Matt Holt and Sebastian Earhart. Guys, welcome to the changelog. Thank you. Glad Hello. to be here. So, Matt, uh, were you surprised that you had such a, a a group of people excited to hear all about your fledgling web server? Yeah, um, it seems to excite a lot of people. And I mean, I, I'm glad. I just I am surprised because it's it's a web server. It didn't seem that exciting on the surface. <laughs> well, you know, us developers, we get excited about all sorts of things. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm quite excited as well as a, a bit of a, a web server uh, nerd as well. I, I, I do geek out on these things. So I'm quite excited about Caddy. Had not actually even heard of it um, previous to them opening up that issue. And I think they even had a little bit of a back channel conversation in our members only Slack room about it. And they, Justin and Carlicia ganged up and decided they were going to bombard our GitHub issues. Um, so let's let's learn a little bit about you guys, and then we'll get into Caddy, and we'll find out all about it and uh, why it's cool, why so many folks are interested in it. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, can you go ahead and give a little bit of your background and just tell us who you are? Sure. Uh, so I'm currently a student at Brigham Young University. And we'll be graduating here in December, actually, with a computer science degree. Um, I love, I don't know, I love getting outside. Uh, hiking in the mountains is great. Bicycling uh, down mountain roads is really fun. Uh, and programming in, when I'm not doing homework. So I look forward to the day when I don't have to do homework <laughs> after, <laughs> a, you know, a day of programming. Um, 
and I actually started caddy during my hardest semester at college here. It was just earlier this year, uh, the winter semester, January through April, when I was in four really intense programming, uh, senior level programming classes. And, and I just had to step away from that for a while and, and work on a side project. So it actually brought me a lot of sanity as well. So you, you were slacking, so to speak, or you were, you were distracting yourself from all your programming tasks by starting up a, a web server. Is that what you're saying? Uh, more or less. I mean, I did all right in the classes. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. You know, uh, most people, when they want to relax, they'll watch TV or play video games, but uh, they're also not here on the changelog, so I guess it's paying off for you. Um, very cool. So you're it's still in college. Do you have plans uh, post-graduation, or are you still just feeling things out? Still feeling things out. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to catch back up with you here after a while and see what happened. Yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. Um, nice to meet you. Welcome to the changelog. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? All right. Um, I'm an uh, information technology security student. I'm from Austria and I'm going for my bachelor's degree at the moment. Um, I started programming when I was about nine or 10 years old and Doing that um, when I've got nothing other to do. And um, I got into Caddy because I was looking for a cool um, open source project to join. And I started off with a pretty small um, pull request for adding something to, to a middleware. And then um, Matt asked if someone wants to do the Let's Encrypt thing for Caddy, and I volunteered, and, well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> so you were just looking for some open source to contribute to. Uh, what, yeah, right. What sparked that interest, that desire to get into open source? Oh, well, um, I worked as a programmer for about three years, and... Um, there is nothing really I could show off to somebody who asked me, hey, what, what have you done with your life? So mm. I figured I'd join an open source uh, project to have something to, to show off. <laughs> yeah. Good reason to do open source right out there in the open. People can see your, your technical chops. Um, Matt, same question. So you know, at BYU doing computer science things, when, when were you first exposed to open source software and, what got you interested and involved? Um, I think I think I started doing open source in about 2011. Um, so about my sophomore year of college, and uh, I I don't know. I think I, I just started writing code and putting it up on GitHub, and then I realized that coding could be a very social thing to do, and I really liked that because I kind of grew up in, on a farm in Iowa, kind of away from people and it was neat to be able to work with people remotely uh, doing this kind of work and so I really enjoyed the collaboration aspect once I started putting some code out there and contributing to a few projects in little ways mm -hmm. it was just very satisfying Caddy uh, notably is a Go project I'm curious your interest in Go and how that got started I picked up Go at my last job um, we were looking to to swap out our .NET code base with some uh, 
some leaner technologies. And, and Go was definitely a good match. And so um, I was assigned to write a new service in Go for our company. And, uh, and so that was really fun. That's how I started it. But I just, I love the language. It's very productive. Uh, it's very simple, elegant uh, in, in most ways. It's not perfect, but um, I found that using it in school and my assignments, I've, um, I've had kind of a competitive advantage over other students because I can crank out code, um, productive code, more quickly than my classmates who are using Java, for example. So your classes are just, they just let you pick your own language? I think when I was in school, you pretty much did what they told you to do. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, senior level classes, uh, a lot of it is kind of up to you. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Sebastian, how about yourself? You have been doing Go for long? Well, um, on and off for a few years, but um, the, as the major language to write code in, it's about since April this year. Okay. Um, I followed the the Go development since its initial release, but um, I just got really into it this year. Very cool. All right, well, let's get to the heart of the matter here, which is the Caddy web server. So from the homepage, it says that Caddy is a lightweight, general-purpose web server for Windows, Mac, Linux, BSD, and Android, which caught my eye. It is a capable alternative to other popular and easy-to-use Web servers. Now, Matt, I went back and I saw on your Twitter you have a, a, a pinned tweet, which was your announcement of Caddy back in April. And in that tweet, it says a capable alternative to Nginx or Apache. It seems like you've slightly altered your language there. Yeah, I figure it wasn't a good idea. Um, after I didn't actually expect it to to get much attention, mm-hmm. but I figured once it did, I probably shouldn't call out other <laughs> other products <laughs> by name. That's they're actually how you great. Get attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're actually great. Um, I'm an I'm an Nginx fan myself. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to make it more generic. Yeah. So I'm I'm also an Nginx fan, and I've uh, I cut my teeth on Apache back in the day. Cut more than just teeth, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all know fact, that. <laughs> we all have been there, and you know, th- <laughs> very thankful for the Apache project. It's uh, served many a web pages over the years and done so oh, admirably. Yeah. But also an Nginx fan and curious, you know, this seems like an audacious project, even more audacious, perhaps when you first launched it, when you're like, I'm here to take on Nginx and Apache. Now you've kind of settled down from that a little bit. And uh, I'm just wondering, you know, what, 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 what got into you when it's just like, I'm going to write a web server. (laughs) Um, I think the, uh, you know, I make a lot of little websites, either for myself or for software projects or for other people or for school. And I just needed a quick way to to get a a production-capable web server up and running really quickly and easily. And Nginx is pretty good. Um, it just makes it, it can be a little tricky to configure sometimes. I don't know if you've ever had those half-day projects where you set up your web server <laughs> uh, and that's like all you do. Um, <laughs> It can be hard to get it just right. Um, and, and so I just wanted to, to kind of whip up something that, I, I don't know if you've ever tried um, setting up like Nginx to front a fast CGI application for like that's, a PHP site. That's the worst thing I've yeah, done. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Nginx is much better as a, you know, more of a pure reverse proxy. It seems like the fast CGI stuff 
I mean, there's there's just more hoops to jump through with that particular setup. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever you have a situation, or I've had a situation where I have perhaps the same server that's serving a, a Rails application and like a WordPress install or something like that for the blog section. And yeah, the WordPress side with Nginx, it's gotten better, but historically has been a bit of a pain to get set up. Yeah, and so what I noticed is that um, a lot of my sites that used, for example, PHP back in the day when I was, I was a big PHP fan, um, I used the PHP mostly for simple things that were kind of like minutia that I kind of wish my web server would just take care of, but I just need a little dynamic element. But I felt yeah. like it was a pretty common use case. Um, and then there were other complications, like, again, Googling how to set up fast CGI with Nginx and PHP. All the tutorials are different. There's a bunch of security whoop-de-doos that you need to worry about. And um, I just didn't even want to go there. But so I'm like, you know, I'll just write a web server and go. Go seems like a great language for this. I'll just write something that's simple. And I can just type in the name of the server in the command line, hit enter. And bam, it just kind of works. And another thing that I really wanted, I wanted my configuration file, my, my website config, to live with my website, not with my web server. Hmm. So why'd you, want, why'd you want that? You know, because I just like to, to CD into the directory where the site is, and then just run the, the web server from there, and then it'll just pick out the config file in the present working directory. just found that so much more convenient than having to go over to a, a system folder or a central folder for the web server hmm. and then change some config files there and worrying about including and and ordering as well yeah so well we may be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but caddy does support virtual hosts so in that case you know you have multiple websites under the same host in that situation is it run from a etsy directory or from some sort of common configuration directory uh, I mean, you can. You can specify from the command line where you want to get the configuration file from. Mm -hmm. But by default, it just pulls the caddy file from the current directory. So it's just okay. very convenient. Options. People love options. Of course, options lead to configurations, and yeah. people don't always love configurations. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your audience. You mentioned you make a lot of small, you know, somewhat static, somewhat dynamic sites. Mm -hmm. um, who's Caddy built for? Is it built just for Matt Holt, or are there other audiences in mind? It was built for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> met my needs pretty well, and then people started opening issues, and I figured, well, guess I better get to work. And so I think that Caddy is, is really well-suited for people who don't want to... Well, they're, they're suited. it's definitely suited for people who run lightweight, small websites. And, and you can use Caddy in production. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but you can use it in production. Um, if you have kind of a complex site or a, a site that runs on some um, dynamic um, platform like Rails or, or Django or something, it might be a little trickier to configure it. Um, but you know, we're working on that. I, my main focus right now is is static websites and um, really bringing the power uh, of the Go standard library out in, in making the web server do what you need it to do without having to make a dynamic website, if that makes sense. So if you can get away with a static website that just has a few dynamic um, functions that you need, maybe Caddy's a good fit for you. If you have like this really like dynamic and kind of heavy website going on, 
then, you know, stick with Nginx. Or if you're serving, you know, 100,000 requests a second, like definitely stick with something very, very high performing. Um, but Caddy Caddy's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's pretty competitive for most things, I think. You said bringing out the power of the Ghost Aaron library. Can you give me a, a for instance or an example of what you, what exactly do you mean by that? So, uh, yeah, so Nginx uh, and Apache, for example, I'm used to, um, to server-side includes. So if I want to make a static site, but I don't want to have to keep repeating the footer on all of these HTML pages, mm-hmm. um, then I just do a little server-side include, and the web server will kind of pull these pages in and, and serve them statically. Uh, Caddy can do this too, but it uses Go's template library, which is actually really powerful. Um, and you can do some really cool stuff, and it just parses the whole HTML file as a template. And so anything that Go's template library you can, um, lets you do, you can do with your HTML file mm-hmm. without having to make a dynamic site, kind of. Okay, so it's, it's akin to having a static site generator kind of built into the web server. Kind of, yeah. Interesting. So it's built for Matt Holt. It's built for people who have pretty simple sites that are um, have a little bit of you know magic going on, but not too much. It also seems like it's built for cross-platform, as many things in Go take advantage of that universal binary or that ability to compile cross-platform. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, have you ever tried setting up a web server, like a production web server, other than... You know, on Windows, other than like IIS, um, can be a little. Never tried. Never tried. <laughs> yeah, it can be a little weird because <laughs> uh, these these web servers are made for Linux, basically Unix yeah. systems. Um, but yeah, Caddy like first class support for Windows kind of thing. So if you need to use Windows, or you know, Caddy's great too for. Um, we're not just targeting technical people here, but like designers and writers who just use Windows. That's the environment they feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. They can use Caddy. It's a great fit for them. They don't have to learn the technical ins and outs of like a real hardcore web server. Very cool. You one thing I mentioned at the top of the show was that it it promotes its Android support. There, can you speak to that? How that works and what that's all about? Um, yeah. So Go compiles to Android, and actually recently it's compiles in a way to to iOS, which is kind of cool. But if you download the Caddy build for ARM Linux you can sideload it onto your uh, Android device and actually run it there. And that's kind of fun uh, because you can, I don't know, if you have a folder with files that you want to share with your local area network from your phone, you can do that now. Um, it's, kind of a, it's, it's kind of a cutting edge way to do it. Like this is not a refined feature or you know, use case yet, but it, it can be done. Very cool. Well, that sounds like a good place for a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about configuration as it seems like that was an area that you focused on quite a bit is getting that user experience just right. Um, we'll take a break here from one of our sponsors. And on the other side of the break, we will talk about caddy files. We'll be right back. Say hello to top Tile designers, our friends at top Tile have done something really, really awesome. They've expanded into a new market. They're talking designers. TopDot has been known as a thriving network of some of the best software developers and engineers out there. Many of the developers in their network know extremely talented designers. 
and they've always had this sort of informal relationship with designer involvement in top town they've done a little bit you know but it hasn't been an exact um you know product so to speak or internal model and so they've expanded they've they've evolved today uh they're extremely excited to announce the official launch of top town designers what this means now is the same experience that you've had on both sides of the fence whether you're someone that's looking for really awesome designers or you're a really awesome designer looking for really awesome opportunities, this is the place for you. Not only if you're engineers, but also if you're designers out there as well. So designers, listen up. It is time to go check out toptal.com slash designers. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash designers. And tell them the change law sent you. All right, we are back speaking with Matt Holt and Sebastian Earhart about the Caddy web server an HTTP2 web server. Um, but before we get into the feature set, let's talk about configuration. That's where most people who are dealing with web servers live, sometimes die. Uh, <laughs> you have a caddy file. So when I first saw this, I thought, oh no, another file file. Uh, it seems like this uh, thing file, file naming convention meme continues to propagate. I'm not going to hold it against you too much. But we got gem files and proc files and now caddy files and there's all these files files. Um, just we don't have to we don't have to hang out here all day, but maybe just speak on where that inspiration came from. You liked you like that format? Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as the name caddy file, it just seemed to kind of flow off the tongue. Um, but the idea for an actual configuration file, um is in a way it's actually kind of a stopgap. Um, but a configuration file is, and I'll get to that in a second, but an actual configuration file is kind of the standard, it's the normal way to configure a web server. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you make a file, you put some directives in there that tell the web server what to do. And then when you run the web server, it just loads the file and configures itself in memory and off, you know, on its way. Um, and, and that was just really easy. And I just wanted a configuration that I could persist with my website. So I have my website folder, and then I have a caddy file in that folder. Uh, and I can just run caddy from there. And it'll read the contents of the file consistently every time on any platform and pretty much every environment. Um, and it'll work the same way. And, and this config file, though, is not actually the, the end goal here. I, I don't intend for caddy to only be configurable via a file. Do tell us more. So, uh, <laughs> in the future, and there's some, you know, there's a roadmap here. But in the future, I do intend to to write a uh, an API so that you can actually dynamically uh, set up Caddy while it's running and change its configuration while it's running without having to rely on just a file in the file system. Oh, that'll be awesome. So, any you gonna give us a a launch date, Christmas 2015, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know the date yet. I've actually started kind of stubbing out an API on a branch, and you can, you can try it. Uh, it's a little racy, and <laughs> it's a little clunky. So I think I need to redesign some things, but it will happen. I, I definitely want it to. I, I envision a nice web front end for people to just open in their browser and be able to configure their server from there with this nice GUI and having um, maybe stats and monitoring built in one day. 
uh, if they want. Yeah, well, I wasn't expecting an actual date. This is just an old hobby of mine, which is I ask, <laughs> I ask developers to commit to a ship date, and then I watch them recoil. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, got to stay entertained somehow. Uh, very cool. So let's talk about the caddy file itself, uh, syntax, uh, inspiration. Does it, you come up with your brand new, your own thing? Is it inspired by something? It looks like it's pretty simple. You have some directives, but they're, they're just like bare, like keywords. Like you type in, uh, I like this one browse for instance, and then you give a path and that's like setting up directory indexes, um, for a specific, I'm just assuming subfolder of your, of your system there. Um, where, where was the inspiration for your syntax of the caddy file? Um, the inspiration was me wanting not to type very much and not having to mm-hmm. be very like clumsy with my typing. So not much punctuation. Um, I didn't want to think about syntax, really. I just kind of wanted it to flow. So when I go to set up a web server, what's the first thing I am thinking of? Well, probably the website address, the, the URL, the domain name. Mm-hmm. So type that in. That's always the top of the caddy file. Hit enter a couple times, and then, okay, I want to serve clean URLs for HTML files, so ext and then .html. So it'll automatically serve HTML files without needing a .html in the URL. Then, let's see, I want to be able to share files in my photos directory because I have this album of pictures. So then I do browse and then slash photos. You don't have to think about curly braces and colons and quotation marks typically in the caddy file, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, I think a recent trend with configuration files as well, we'll just type it out in JSON because uh, we all love that format. And um, it seems like that is more focused on implementation because it's really easy just to suck in a mm-hmm. you know string of JSON and parse it. I'm sure Go has a built-in JSON parsing in the standard library. It does. Um, so you had to write your own parser for this? Or how is it implemented yes. on the Go side? Yep, it's it's a it's a home-brewed parser. Um and I've actually gotten a little bit of flack for creating yet another uh, configuration syntax. Yes. This one's very specific to this use case, though. This is not a general purpose config syntax. It meets some needs that JSON doesn't. For example, using arrays as keys. Mm. Um, ultimately, you have maybe you have a set of server blocks um, in a caddy file where each server block configures one or more hosts. So instead of having to... Um, set up a, a host as a key and then have it point to some configuration because following pointers is kind of confusing and then you have to like teach people about that and I just didn't want to go there. So just specify multiple hosts as the key and then they all share that same configuration is one example. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I know that JSON serialization and deserialization is very easy, but I wanted to focus on the user here. This is about the experience. I want to make it easy for people to create for the web and make the web better that way, more accessible. I'm all for that. So you, another, another aspect of this you have of the, the caddy file is placeholders. I think that's part of the caddy file. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain what placeholders are and what they're good for? Yeah, they're just, um, they're just little strings uh, enclosing curly braces. This is one rare case where you would use a curly brace or punctuation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just fills in a value um, specific to the request or the response usually. So let's say that you're setting up your log um, directive. You can say log, and then you can specify the file name, and you can specify a format, a custom format if you wish. Um, and that format, you would use placeholders because you don't know the request time for all the requests. And you can't hard code the method in the URL. 
So these are kind of like dynamic replaceable values. Um, they give you access to, to various things like the URL of the request and the time of the request or the response body length and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, headers, host body method, so on and so forth. Pretty much anything that you could pull out of a request, you can use it and key on that and basically modify your configuration based on that, correct? Yeah, kind of like a, kind of like a variable in an Nginx config, no yeah. dollar sign, whatever, but not scriptable. I don't want to go the scriptable route. Why not? You know, as much fun as it is, uh, it's kind of a can of worms. Yeah. Uh, it's like a rabbit hole. Well, I think it's kind of a fine line because what you have here is you have some, you have some dynamicism, right? You have templating uh, for your server site includes. You have, you're like almost in a full on programming environment, right? Like <laughs> you're almost there. And then it's like, where do you draw that line? So where do you draw that line? Um, that's a good question. Drawing the line at giving you just enough power to, to be dangerous, but not enough to kind of hang yourself. <laughs> okay. Not enough where the learning curve is beyond what someone who doesn't know how to program can do. Yeah. Um, not enough to the point where you have to like get super frustrated at things. So I feel like if you're using it and something's not obvious, there's either a bug in the documentation or in the implementation, and that needs to be fixed. So if O'Reilly calls you to write a book about it, then you probably have taken it too far in this case. Like, <laughs> write, come write a book about how to program the Caddy web server. Oh, uh, yeah. At that point, you'd be like, oh, man, I think I, <laughs> I, think I went too far, but I got a book deal. Exactly. <laughs> Blog posts are okay, but yeah, you shouldn't have to script Caddy. I think that's a little little far. Taking it a little far. I guess uh, some of the features play into the Caddy file, of course, because you're going to be enabling or disabling features. Um, your headline feature, of course, is H2 support out of the box. Um, maybe, Sebastian, why don't you explain uh, H2 support in Caddy and how it works and, and all that stuff for us? Well, uh, we use a library. <laughs> um, so we didn't actually implement it ourselves, but we use a Go library for it. But um, it was... That's the beauty of open source, right? Yeah, it's open source. It's on GitHub, I think. It's supposed to be the better version of HTTP, but not everyone agrees on that. Me neither. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, now we're getting interesting. Tell us more. Why do you? Disagree? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh oh, Matt. Dissension. You have dissension. Oh, do we? Do we really want to go down the rabbit hole? <laughs> um, I kind of do, uh, <laughs> but it sounds like you kind of don't. So let's just. Well, uh, let, let me add. Forward. You can turn off HTTP two if you want with Caddy. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't in principle have a problem with it being there. Just it. It could have turned out way better than it has. I see. So it's just the lack. It could have been better. Yeah, right. Not that it's bad. It's just no, no, it's not so bad. It's potential. just some features which got in and some features which didn't. Um, well, it could have been better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. H2 should be much easier to improve upon than, than H1 was. Yeah, of so. course. Yeah. With time. Yeah, and if you are interested in H2, uh, the nitty-gritty details of the protocol, Go back to changelog.com slash 161 with Ilya Grigorik. We did a kind of a comprehensive overview of all of its features, pipelining, multiplexing, um, HPAC, all the things that H2 has. And um, 
We will not you know, talk about those today because we talked about them in detail there. And as you guys mentioned, um, the beauty of open source is that you're building on top of other people's work. And in this case, you guys got to use, I think it was Brad Fitz's uh, H2 library. Yeah. And that's an mm-hmm. awesome thing because now, you know, so many people get the benefit of it who are using Caddy without having to know those uh, intimate details. So nothing wrong with that. Right. And and actually his uh the Brad Fitz H2 library just got moved into the uh the Go standard library on tip and oh. is enabled by default now. Um now obviously Caddy's not using Go tip, <laughs> but uh it will come soon enough. We'll have full HTTP2 support whereas up to this point it's been kind of experimental, but pretty soon it will be a full like production ready HTTP2 library. What's Go tip? Is that like the master branch of the development or uh, yeah, basically. Okay. Okay, so you have H2. It, you can turn it off. It's on on by default. Of course, it's only for clients, I assume, that support HTTPS or uh, TLS. Um, you also have some other things. IPv6, Markdown. We can talk about that a little bit. WebSockets, virtual hosts, as we mentioned before. Uh, server name indicators and extensions. Why don't you uh, pick your favorite of those, Mark? Or, excuse me, Matt. And we'll... Uh, <laughs> I read Markdown, and then I just pronounced your name Mark. Um, and we'll talk about that. What's the most exciting thing beyond H2 that's not Let's Encrypt? Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, SNI, server name indication, which is a TLS extension. And, and this is pretty standard. Like, This is not a mind-blowing feature, but it's so convenient and important because now with the same uh, socket, you can serve multiple host names um, that are over a secure channel. So that's that's a really important um, thing. In fact, Caddy's virtual host feature, which allows you to set up multiple sites in the same Caddy file and serve them from the same port, uh, would not work for HTTPS sites without SNI. So I think that's pretty cool. So the big win there is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you're hosting a, a series of websites, perhaps on a digital ocean, uh, VPS, you do not need a, a new static IP address for each of those hosts. Exactly. And you can, you can secure those channels on even the same exact port, um, just with a single IP address and port combination. You can have all these different HTTPS uh, hosts. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, lo- love that. And I think that is, you know, like you said, that's not like a unique feature of, uh, of caddy, but definitely awesome to see it there. It also doesn't have, it doesn't work on Windows XP, which is finally, I guess, starting to become not too much of an issue. I know that was a blocker for some XP. people. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty old now. It is. It is. It's still out there, unfortunately. Um, I don't mind pushing the envelope a little bit. I think people need to upgrade. Uh, I, I absolutely so. agree. I think there's, you know, your mileage may vary. There are certain people who are still supporting IE8 and, and whatnot. Um, and some people on Poor XP. People. So in those cases, yes, <laughs> unfortunate souls. Um, in those cases, they can't use SNI, but I think especially if you're building a modern web server um, for the modern web, of course, got to have that. Mm-hmm. I think one other, a couple other little technical features I want to point out too uh, is that Caddy is a multi-core uh, server, and so it's multi-threaded in the sense that it will spin up new Go routines or lightweight threads per request. So it's very fast and efficient that way. It has a different model than, for example, Nginx, mm-hmm. which is multi-process. Um, but 
uh, Caddy can utilize all the cores, uh, just kind of like Nginx can, except that it doesn't have to rely on the operating system scheduler, um, because the Go scheduler actually understands Go code and can make more intelligent scheduling decisions, um, which is really cool for high-performance uh, sites. And that's all on by default, and just kind of works. Let's talk and about... Then, I was going to say, let's talk about ex extensions. Extensions seems like an interesting one. Um, as you browse the docs and you're looking at the different directives, there's a handful of them that are marked uh, as add-ons, um, such as the CMS support, Git, IP filtering, search. And as you click on those, it seems like these are using your extension feature. Uh, can you speak about that? Sure. Um, anyone can write an extension for Caddy. Um, you can choose to publish it on the website, like some of these are here, or just use it internally. But basically the idea is we don't want Caddy's code base to grow too large and become unwieldy and have a lot of cruft. That would kind of defeat the lightweight aspect of it, which really is a feature. It's easier to maintain. Um, so these add-ons is how we decided to deal with this because some people, including me, like for example, I, I wanted a built-in site search. I didn't want to have to set up and maintain some other search infrastructure or use an external search service, which mm -hmm. can get a little dicey. So what better way to do it than to have it written in Go, built into the web server, having complete access to the config as needed, the web server's internal configuration, and to be able to generate an index of your site and then have it searchable. And so these are all built by, um, there's like a, yeah, there's the Git add-on, for example, uh, built by Abiola Ibrahim. He, uh, he built this Git add-on where you can deploy your site with Git push, and your web server will automatically pull in the new changes. Uh, super convenient things that aren't um, making the code base unmanageable, but you can just check them when you download Caddy, and it will do a custom build for you, okay. and you can use those. So how do those get in? Is there like an ecosystem? Do they have to come and uh, you know send you an email and say, hey, Matt, throw me up on your website? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the situation there? Um, it's just a pull request system. Just okay. kind of open. It's pretty casual. You open an issue and say, I'm going to work on this. And then you can do that. And there's some docs that kind of show you how to get started and a little template. And then uh, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, and then you just submit a pull request to register your add-on in, in the build server repository. And once we merge that in and deploy the new build server, then there you go. Then you need to submit some documentation for the website. I think the search add-on is really rad. It's definitely something that comes up all the time with static sites is you just want to add a little bit of a search function on there. And you either have to do like the Google Insight search, which is wonky, or use a third party. I think on my website I use... Um, Oh, no, I'm forgetting their names. I was going to give them a shout out. I don't know, a third party <laughs> who provides, you know, they index your site and provide a search API that you can, you know, query with, with JavaScript. But having that built right in, that's pretty handy. Cool. Yeah. And it, it's a really good way to, to give some Go libraries some exposure. The search add-on built by uh, Pedro Nasser lets you, uh, it uses the Blevy library, which is written in Go. And uh, yeah, so it's really, really nice. All right. Anything else as far as the major features? We know there's one coming down the pipeline. Well, let's touch on Markdown. Uh, it seems like it kind of stands out a little bit. It's like, well, you know, we support IPv6 and we support Markdown. It seems like completely different things. What was the logic behind supporting Markdown as kind of a first-class citizen? Uh, the fact that some people hate touching HTML and just love to write web pages in Markdown. 
So with this add or with this, it's actually not an add-on. It's a it's built into the core. You can serve Markdown files, uh, and they'll render as HTML on the fly, or you can pre-generate the HTML. Hmm. So is this scratching a specific itch you had, or was this thinking of of more general users? More general users initially, but I find myself using it more and more because you can specify an HTML template mm-hmm. uh, and still serve a really nice, authentic HTML pages using just Markdown. Um, and then, of course, we have this Hugo add-on with Caddy. So you can actually... Hugo is a, a static site generator written in Go. It's really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of does something similar. Markdown is just kind of a more very simplified, lightweight version. Very cool. Well, I think we've hit up against our next sponsor break. So let's stop here, take a break. On the other side, we will talk about Let's Encrypt, which is very exciting to me and uh, apparently to you all as a future awesome feature of Caddy. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Imagix is a real-time image processing proxy in CDN. And let me tell you, this is way more than image magic running on EC2. This is way better. It's everything your friend and developers have dreamt of. Output to PNG, JPEG, GIF, JPEG 2000, and several other formats. And if you're like me, you've ever argued with your boss or a teammate about serving retina images to non-retina devices, You'll appreciate their open source, dependency-free JavaScript library that allows you to easily use the Imagex API to make your images responsive to any device. Now, all of this takes a platform and the Imagex platform is built on three core values, flexibility and quality, performance and affordability. When it comes to flexibility and quality, Imagex has over 90 URL parameters that you can mix and match to provide an unlimited amount of transformations that you need for your images. And they take quality very seriously. And because of their commitment to quality, several top 1,000 websites in the world trust them to serve their images. Now, when it comes to performance, Imagix operates out of data centers filled with top-of-the-line Mac Pros and Mac Minis, and they're set up for a completely streaming solution. This means your images never hit the disk. Images are served by the best SSD-based CDN for delivery around the world anywhere extremely fast. And while we're talking about speed, almost all the image processing happens on GPUs. This means transformations are super fast when compared to competing virtualized environments. And lastly, it's all about affordability. Everyone wants to save a buck. That's how the world works. Because Imagex processes close to a billion with a B images per day, they're able to make certain optimizations at scale and pass those savings on to you. To learn more about Imagix and what they're all about, head to imgix.com slash changelog. Once again, imgix.com slash changelog and tell them Adam from the changelog sent you. All right, we are back. And yes, I found out who's providing my site search. I think that's the kind of thing that you would just know, but uh, they've been just quietly uh, serving me for years. So I will give them a shout out. SwiftType, swifttype.com. They will index your static site and provide a nice, easy API for you to add search to your site. Unless you're so lucky to be using Caddy, at which point you have that built right in there as an add-on. So moving on, let's talk about something that's coming down the pipeline, currently being worked on, which I'm excited about, 
which is Let's Encrypt support. Sebastian, can you first start off by telling us what Let's Encrypt is, and then we'll go into how that works into Caddy. Yeah, sure. So Let's Encrypt is a new thing where you can get um, valid SSL certificates for your servers fully automatically um, without really going to a, um, to a CA and um, throwing money down its throat to get your certificate. Um, they offer um, basic SSL certificates, so no extended validation or something. Mm -hmm. um, but for the normal user, it's, better, it's, it's the best thing that could happen, in my opinion. Yeah, they're free, right? Yeah, they're free. Free SSL certs. Yep, free and valid. So free you get and valid the, and uh, the green symbol in your browser. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. I think it's been something. Is it the EFF that's doing this? I can't remember uh, who all's involved with. It's lessencrypt.org. Um, yep. But it seems like they have had like it's gonna it's coming it's coming it's coming and we're all sitting here waiting um, to save some money and get all of our all of our sites on <laughs> HTTPS, even the ones that right now it's like, well, it's my personal site. Do I really want to spend, you know, X dollars a year to encrypt it? Yeah. Um, yeah is, it, is it, is it going to come? Is it going to come or is it just going to keep coming? Yeah. So the last thing I've heard is that they want to launch officially uh, mid November. Okay. So it definitely is coming. That's why we um, started to get pressure on for getting uh, Let's Encrypt integrated into Keddy. So, so let's, let's, but let's, we'll go into how that works, but first let's talk about the perfect end user experience. Like when it's totally done and I'm a Caddy user, yeah. tell me how it will work. Like I just flip a switch and I'm encrypted. Tell me, tell me how it'll work. Yeah, you, you put your site into your, uh, into your Caddy file, um, hit Caddy up and there you go. You are H, you are SSL encrypted without, <sighs> anything just shut up and take my money <laughs> <laughs> that'll be we can't do that well <laughs> figure figure out a way oh you got a donate button because that's going to be amazing for a lot of people um i think you know ssl but we talk about the free aspect of it and that's part of it um but just the pain and the technical uh drudgery of setting up a certificate over all yeah. these years has yeah. been too much of a high bar for many people who otherwise would be happy to just flip that switch. So this is going to be awesome. Um, maybe talk about the where you've been so far, uh, where you're going with it, and give us some of the technical details of how this works. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started a few months ago to uh, implement it in Go because um, we wanted it in, in Caddy and we just wanted it to be native in Go. So um, we decided to write a new library in Go to handle it um, because the the, uh, the command line utility, which comes from the Let's Encrypt guys, is in Python. And uh, we can't really interface in a, in a good and meaningful way with Python code from Go. So we thought it's a good idea to write our own. So have they published an API that you're coding against? Yeah, they they published an, an uh, RFC 
for their so-called ACME spec. <laughs> ACME um, spec? Yeah, A-C-M-E. Automatic S Certificate Management Environment. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's like an RFC. Acronym. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> they are now at draft number four. Um, I think I started at the initial in, in the initial uh, draft and there were a few changes over the course of the month. First, I started integrating it uh, or writing it quite fast and that stopped a bit after the first few changes because I wanted to uh, wait a bit until it gets more stable with the API. Yeah. Um, well, basically, the API for Let's Encrypt is a, is a JSON API. Um, it operates with JSON web keys, JWK and JWS, JSON web signing. The technical details are that you, as a user, create a private key for yourself, and you tie that to an account on the Let's Encrypt server. So you register with your email address for instance, and that private key. And from there on, you can request uh, certificates with your private key. Mm. Um, of course, that's, that's pretty insecure. So you have, of course, uh, you have to somehow prove that the domain you want the uh, certificate for is indeed yours. And uh, that's handled by a few challenges where you have to um, fulfill certain tasks given by the server in order to uh, authenticate the domain that it's really yours. Is that clear what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yes. So these are things like uh, upload a file or set a header. Or yeah, the, the, easiest, your... the easiest challenge is the so-called simple HTTP challenge. So mm -hmm. um, you tell the server, hey, I want a certificate for the domain example.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the server sends you back a token, which it expects you to, to serve at a certain URL path on that domain. And it will resolve the IP address of your server and look if it's really there. If it's really there, then you pass this challenge. And that's it? Yeah. Then you're done? You got to do, pick one challenge? Oh, uh, well... It depends. <laughs> okay. as, as with many things in, in IT, it depends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Usually, if, if you can fulfill the challenge without any problems, then yes, this was it. Um, you just have to ask for the certificates and you get the, the certificates to download. But if for some reason this challenge does not work out for you, there are other challenges to do um, and they, are always come, they come in, pair, in pairs. So the server decides what it wants to see from you. You're not the one deciding what you want to show the server. So how does the Go library and then Caddy thereafter know who I am and who my Let's Encrypt account is? Do I have to like set that in the config or something like that? Well, we, we, gener we, we generate a config for the user. So um, we have to get somehow the email address, for example, from the user. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't exactly worked out how we want to tie this into the user experience. Um, but yes, we save uh, a configuration file along with uh, certain other things we need to interface with Let's Encrypt. 
in a in a folder. Uh, that's dot caddy, I think, or Matt. Yeah, there will be a dot caddy folder in the yeah on the file system. In this folder, there will be other subfolders per uh, per uh, certificate and per user, and also per per host. So you can peek in there and copy stuff around, but actually, it's all um, managed for you. That's that's mm. the goal. Yeah, I was working on that this morning. That's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you guys, uh, is it moving along? Are you stuck? Tell, tell us how it's going. Well, I think um, it's going along well. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not stuck. Um, Sebastian understands the ins and outs of the, the spec, the protocol spec pretty well. And um, I'm just using his library now in Cadia on a, a private branch still. It's pretty early days, but. I have been able to successfully generate a new certificate at startup um, from a local Boulder CA. Boulder is the name of the Let's Encrypt Certificate Authority server. Um, so in a, in a purely test environment on my local machine, I have been able to get a certificate and a private key and then a service site using that. So definitely making progress. The rest of this is going to have to focus now on the user experience, making sure that it's as unobtrusive as possible, and um, managing the, the certificates and keys and taking care of renewals um, when the time is right. Yeah, have you guys even thought about renewals? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've thought about it because you just mentioned it, but I hadn't. Um, how's that going to work? Every um, certificate which is issued by uh, Let's Encrypt uh, CA gets its unique um, URL on the server. So you can issue a simple GET request, which is signed uh, by either your private key or the private key which was used to create the site certificate. Uh, and you either get a renewed certificate back from the server, or you have to create an entirely new certificate. So that's the renewal story. And as far as the, the caddy integration of that, I, um, I have some ideas still kicking around the details about renewals. Uh, it will be automatic. It will be transparent to the user. Um, it will involve probably a graceful restart of the server um, when renewal happens to, to plug in the new certificate. But again, we expect it to be fully managed on by default. Um, so I think all the pain, thanks to Let's Encrypt and, and Sebastian's work, I think all the pain of dealing with SSL certificates will finally be gone. Yeah, I think that's the kind of feature that will set Caddy apart. Um, and hopefully other web servers and other software packages will start to integrate because. Uh, it's a huge thing, and I actually I misspoke. I said is the e is it an EFF thing, um, and I just want to clarify. It's Let's Encrypt is put on by the Internet Security Research Group, which is a California public benefit corporation, and it's sponsored by the EFF and other major sponsors like Mozilla, Akamai, Cisco, and a few others. Automatic of WordPress fame, so. Uh, it's a community effort with a lot of companies pouring um, resources into it. And I think it hopefully 
arriving quarter four 2015. I remember when this said arriving summer 2015. So <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of uh, moving parts is even just integrating for you guys. There's a lot of moving parts, but hopefully it all comes together and you guys, your goal, I suppose would be, you guys going to be ready to go, you know, kind of day one, uh, November or, or what's your integration roadmap look like time-wise? Well, I can speak for the caddy integration, probably not before their launch date. <laughs> um, okay, we wanna, fair enough. We don't expect any major changes to their protocol uh, as far as the underlying library goes. Um, but regardless of that, I, I want to make sure that the, um, that the the management of the certificates is, is working well. So we'll probably, um, shortly after their launch, we'll probably have like a special download that you can do of caddy or a special build that has Let's Encrypt. And so a few people can try it um, voluntarily without just kind of forcing it on everyone all of a sudden. Um, because it, it might be kind of jarring to some because again, HTTPS by default, there's a lot of um, considerations. Do we redirect the plain text to the HTTPS? And um, just making sure that everything goes smoothly, we're gonna work really hard for that. So hopefully shortly after they launch. So that's definitely a headline feature that is upcoming. And of course, H2 requiring that, that, that encrypted connection. This allows lots of folks um, to easily get that optimized HTTP connection instead of having to fall back to H1. So let's take our final sponsor break. And when we come back, we will wrap up the conversation talking more about Caddy's roadmap, future features that you're interested in building and are currently building and then finally how people can get started using caddy and our closing questions so we'll be right back after this break we're excited about our new sponsorship with linode they're huge fans of the show and are excited to support what we're doing here and they want to invite every single listener of the change law to try out one of the fastest most efficient ssd cloud servers on the market get a linode cloud server up and running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. They've got eight data centers spread all across the world, North America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. Plans start at just $10 a month with hourly billing and a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, Longview, and even Linode Managed. And for those who are already familiar with Linode, they recently switched from Zen to KVM, and the latest Unix benchmark showed a plus 300% performance increase. We'll drop a link in the show notes for those benchmarks for you to check out. Get full root access for more control, run VMs, run containers, or even a private Git server. Enjoy native SSD cloud storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. Use the code changelog10 with unlimited uses. Tell your friends, it doesn't expire this year, it expires the end of next year, so use it as much as you want. Again, that code is changelog10. Head to linode.com slash changelog and tell them the changelog sent you. All right, we're back. We've learned a lot about Caddy, what it's good for, what it might not be so good for. We've learned about Let's Encrypt and the built-in flip a switch, get your site encrypted feature that is coming to a caddy near you. Um, Matt, what else is coming to caddy down the road? Um, well, like I referenced earlier, I, I really wanted to make an API um, so that you can just run caddy on a server um, 
bare bones or from scratch without a configuration and then be able to say log into some web-based client and manage your server remotely with a nice GUI. I think that'd be really nice uh, and actually give access to web servers to a lot more people who don't understand even you know the command line and SSH or whatever. Um, there's a lot of potential there and, and it's not a unique feature. Uh, other web servers have similar capabilities but um, I, uh, I think that it's, it's still necessary. Uh, so that's one. Got anything else? Uh, yeah, so I also want to, um, to really work on, well, so we talked about Let's Encrypt. Oh, the API, and the API is, is not a user-facing feature directly. Uh, the web-based control panel would be something else. And I don't know if that's going to be a third-party thing or, um, or if I'm going to build one as well, but we'll see. I think we'll see what the demand is and what the audience becomes here as time goes on. Very cool. I, you know, maybe one thing we should talk about briefly before we get into the getting started, because I feel like it's the kind of question that many people will say, why didn't you talk about performance? Um, I know you, you mentioned it briefly earlier on, but let's, let's speak specifically to performance. I know you have a benchmark out there. Uh, seems like, you know, a pretty basic one and, you know, you have a very strong and well-worded disclaimer about benchmarks. Um, <laughs> But it doesn't seem like performance, it seems like there's two things. First of all, Go tends to be very performant, especially with its, uh, its concurrency primitives. And then the other thing is, you, you didn't seem like performance was one of your goals, right? It was user experience, it was ease of use, these things, modern feature sets. Um, but where does it stand? And what can you say about Caddy as far as its, its performance abilities? Um, so it looks, so right now Caddy performs um, using a bare bones configuration to compared to to default configurations of a couple other popular web servers performs com, uh, com, comp competitively well. <laughs> That's the word. Okay. And um, so by that, uh, it, it does perform in my testing. Again, this is just me. As far as requests per second, tends to perform better than Apache. Um, without again, without tuning. Um, and almost as well as, as Nginx. But if you're serving 30,000 requests per second or 50,000 requests per second, you, maybe performance should be your primary goal, and maybe you aren't just the typical average Joe user. Yeah. Um, so that is to be considered. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like put performance under the rug and totally forget about it, because if I wanted to do that, um, then this would be a much easier project, right? Because you just throw any amount of mountain of code into this project and make it do all the things that you want it to do. Right. Um, not going to go there. Definitely performance is going to be um, a concern, not in a bad way, but like it'll be on our minds. It's going to be, it's going to take a uh, front seat, I think, but not over the user experience. It'd be a fine balance and it's going to, we'll have to figure it out as we go. Yeah, and one thing I might mention is something that I read that you said, which is that if there are any people who are very interested in performance and are good with those things, A, you would appreciate if they brought benchmarks, uh, do their own testing and publish those results, and then B, if they have specific, especially if they have go chops and know of ways of making it faster, these are things that you're, you're wide open to. Is that fair to say? 
Yes, that's exactly right. Cool. I thought I, I thought that was fair because I did read it. <laughs> I didn't make well, it. Well, good. Up. Glad you read it. <laughs> a lot of people always ask for performance. They want to know request per second. They want to see the numbers. They right. want to see memory allocations. And you know, go do your own testing for your own use case. Um, in mine, I found it to be very like quite sufficient. And and there are several sites using Caddy in production, uh, even under load, and it's it's fine. Go is a pretty competent language for that. And that's, I mean, they're sitting on port 80 or port 443 in production mode, right? Like there's no, it's exposed to the wide open internet and it's running in production. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's close up with getting started. So say I'm sold and I'm, uh, interested in using Caddy for my next website, serve it in production, maybe with some HTTP2 going on. How do I do that? I'd say download it for your platform. Uh, deploy it to your to your machine and run it. You'll need a caddy file. So when you download caddy, you just create a caddy file. Typically, it goes again in the in the folder where your site is. Um, very easy to set up. You can read the docs on the web page um, about how to do that. But once you got a caddy file there, just run caddy and it'll just start serving your site. So is there sort of any sort of daemonization or backgrounding? Um... I mean, you, I'm not going there. You'll have to do that on your own. Okay. Uh, I admit, it's true. You'll have to, you'll have to do that on your own. Um, and also, don't run caddy as root. I mean, you can, but probably not a good idea, just in case. So you can use the setcap utility in Linux to, uh, to give caddy permission to bind to ports lower than 1024 without having to be root. So I do that in production. Works pretty well. Okay. That sounds like some opportunities to contribute, at least. Maybe not into Caddy Core, but even a tool around Caddy. Uh, some sort of wrapper that would allow it to run as a system service or um, in the background and manage the daemonization of it. Or, I mean, there's tools mm -hmm. out there that do those kind of things in general with binaries. So maybe even just a tutorial on that would be good for folks. Yeah, I agree. There are a couple blog posts about it. Uh, and actually, that's a really great opportunity. If you're a writer, a technical writer, um, Writing about ways to, to use Caddy effectively in production is a really good um, post that you could do. Probably draw some traffic to your site. I know people are searching for it. I see it in the analytics logs. So, Oh, there you go. Analytic log driven development. That's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new test driven uh, development. Eh? <laughs> yes, yes. Search your logs. And Shows people it. want it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, very cool. Uh, I'm excited. I think this is a very cool young project. What's the status? Are you at a 1.0 yet? Or are you getting close? No, we're working toward it. We want, uh, I honestly want Let's Encrypt. I want the API to be part of it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a, an ambitious goal, but we'll get there. And, and Caddy is a great, can I just put a shout out to the, all the contributors? Please do. Yeah. Cat, Caddy is a great project um, as far as the community goes. It is a young project. It just uh, launched in April this year. So it's only. Uh, a few months old, but we have contributors from all over the world. Um, you know, Sebastian joining us today is in Austria. We have contributors representing every continent, all sorts of skill sets and backgrounds. Um, and the contributions, like, it would not be what it is today without them. I, there's no way I could do it. So huge thank you, and, and feel free to get involved. There are definitely many opportunities for new Go developers, but also experienced ones to contribute in very meaningful ways. 
without, you know, without having to commit to doing too much, if, if that's a, a concern. <laughs> Very good. I, I can I can echo those sentiments just seeing the community around you that even promoted you onto the change log. Um, you know, we have a lot of people on our ping repo coming out and telling us you should have this show or that show. We appreciate all those requests and we try to, um, you know, fulfill all the requests that make sense for the show and timing and whatnot. Um, but rarely do we have such support that you got so quickly um, with all of the plus ones to to get you on. And I think that's a testament a little bit to the Go community and to the people who are genuinely excited and involved with Caddy. So that's if nothing else, a very fun thing to be involved in. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's do our closing questions. And Sebastian, I'm going to start with you on this one. Right. Um, who is your programming hero and why? Um, well, I guess I don't really have one single person. But uh, okay. I really enjoy um, reading code from um, many different open source repositories. And I just really like open source code. Just it's so it's so vast learning experience and you can get so much from all the code which is available for free out there so everyone is my hero <laughs> hey i like it i like it i i agree with you in the terms of of how much you can learn from open source i think one uh, area of my life where i went really from a novice developer to uh, more of a um, a medium range. I don't know what you call it. The next level up. What I really leveled up in development was when I, when I decided to peek behind the curtains and read the code the, <laughs> of the libraries that I was using. And I think GitHub really helped with that because you know, pre GitHub days on SourceForge, you could get open source software, you could use it, but it wasn't obvious how to read the code. And it was very kind of black box. Um, once I realized I can just go read all this and, and I can find out how it's working and I can see why it's erroring, even though the docs say it shouldn't be. Uh, I really started to learn just, you know, by reading other people's code. So I will just echo your sentiment there. Um, Matt, let's move to you. Do you have a specific programming hero or is it everybody? <laughs> this is going to sound like a cop out, but I have to, <laughs> I have to echo his answers. Oh no. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I, I respect anyone who, um, faces a challenge in, in coding and learns and strives to overcome it. Um, so, and I, I, I do watch, I see when people, um, have overcome challenges and it's not just with coding, but I know there's also like, um, social stigmas in tech. Mm -hmm. Um, so people who, who just stand up to being themselves, I highly respect those kinds of people. We're getting an awful lot of meta answers here where <laughs> it's never a, like lately it's not been specific people, but like certain types of people. So it's a, it's a trend. It's a trend I'm spotting here in changelog. Um, very cool. Next question. And probably the final one for today is, well, let's do two more. So not the final one, but what would you be doing if you weren't doing X where X is what you're currently doing in open source or for a living? So if you weren't doing caddy and uh computer science matt if you had to go completely a different direction what would you be doing instead that's a good question i would i would love to be working with people uh, maybe maybe teaching them how to code teaching them how to think like a programmer i think is really valuable mm -hmm. 
Um, or if I wasn't doing that, I would probably be improving, like focus solely on user experience. Um, I think that's just really important to me, how we interact with computers and, and the software. Sebastian, same question for you. I'll probably be a lawyer by now. <laughs> be a what? An attorney. A lawyer. Oh, an yeah. attorney. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you said a carny, like a, somebody who goes in the carnival. No, no, not, not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it would be kind of funny, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a valid answer. I just couldn't tell exactly what you said. So, okay, an attorney at law. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Exactly. So, okay. That's a different direction. Yeah. If it if we're it were still dealing, if it were for my mom, I'll I'll be that. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. You'd still be dealing with code, but it'd be different kinds of code. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Now the last question, which is a bit of a a call to arms, or um, if you had the ear of the open source community, which you kind of do here on the show. And there's people who are excited about Caddy. They want to get involved. They want to not just use it, but they want to help. What is the best ways that we as an open source community can help you guys and the Caddy web server succeed? Hmm. That's a loaded question in a good way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You know, in a good way. <laughs> the, uh, I think that when, when we get Let's Encrypt, at least functional, at least hobbling along integrated, uh, I think refining that and getting it ready for like a mass release is going to be really important. Contributions to that is going to, hopefully, I, I want it to change the web a little bit. I want it, I, I want to make sure that people are serving HTTPS. I'm a strong believer in that. Um, and I think it's time that we secure our transmissions from surveillance and attackers. And um, I think there's no better way to do it to, to reach the average show user than to, to work on this. So I think if you feel strongly about privacy and, and, and encryption, then get on board with this. Help with the Lego library that Sebastian's worked on and help with Let's Encrypt integration and any other open issues, <laughs> frankly. Good answer. And I guess worth noting there, uh, you mentioned Lego. In the break, we were all enjoying Sebastian's library name, which is Lego. <laughs> Uh, that will be in the show notes. That's the Let's Encrypt Go library that Caddy uses as, or is going to use as they get it integrated. Yeah, so. it's still a work in progress. Awesome, awesome. Well, Matt and Sebastian, thanks so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. Um, you got me excited. I like to see advances even in web servers, and it seems like Caddy has a lot of good ideas in it. Hopefully it will spawn um, other people to get involved and to improve on existing web servers and to um, build Caddy into something that does, you know, put a dent in the interwe interwebs. Next week, we are joined by Mitchell Hashimoto of Vagrant fame and HashiCorp, where we'll be discussing their latest open source product, which you may have heard of recently made a splash, Auto. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. So you don't miss out on that show. We want to thank our listeners, our members who support us. Thanks everybody who uh, requested the show and made sure that it became a thing. And we will see you next week. <laughs>